Welcome to the Jersey Heritage Podcast, where we give you access to fascinating historic sites and collections that are not generally open to the public. Today, we're going to be exploring Seymour Tower and the unique marine environment in which it stands a mile off Jersey's southeast coast. We're going to walk out to the tower through this important wetland site of rock pools and shingle banks, and then we'll get a chance to look inside and explore the unique experience of staying overnight, completely cut off by the rising tide. So we're standing here on the slipway at Seymour, um, looking out to the tower. I'm with Bob Tompkins, who's a very well-known local environmentalist and also one of uh, Jersey Heritage's guides. So you take people out to stay at the tower overnight. Um, today we're just going to have a little walk through the gullies towards the tower and just talk about the landscape in particular and the natural history associated with this area. Shall we set off then? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to head out now towards the refuge tower, are we? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's sort of really the, the midway point between the slipway and, and the tower itself. And uh, as you're probably aware, it's, uh, it's positioned there for a very good reason. Uh, key word being refuge. <laughs> uh, you know, with the, with the rise and fall of tide that we have here, uh, you do get the odd person cut out each year. And uh, so, it gives them high ground to be able to get up to until the uh, emergency services come along. Yeah, so obviously it's quite a dangerous place to explore this area if you don't know where you're going and you haven't checked the tides very carefully. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an area not to sort of venture too far out into if you don't have the, the, you know, the local knowledge. Uh, just as you say, we've got... Uh, We've got rise and falls of tide, anything up to 11 and a half metres. And the tide comes in exceptionally quickly. So people can get cut off very, very quickly indeed. Yeah. You can see as well that that area there, we're walking down the beach at the moment. Um, and we're, we're going into the gully systems. But you'll see that the land actually starts to lift again as you come towards the, the refuge tower itself and it gradually gains height until such time as we get to the tower. Um, and the tower is pretty much at the same level as the slip that we've just left from. I guess that's why it's so dangerous, because you might not be aware that the gullies in front or behind you are filling ah. with water. That's, that's exactly the reason why the refuge tower is where it is, because um, you might leave the tower itself thinking that you've got plenty of time, get to the refuge tower and realize that the gully in front of you is closed off go to go back to the tower and the one behind you is closed off well i think if you haven't explored down here you might look at it from the shore and think it looks a bit desolate but once you're down here walking amongst the rocks and through the gullies i mean it's such a fascinating area isn't it oh yeah it, yeah it is i mean it does it does give you the sort of impression of a of a moonscape, if you like, when you first look at it. Uh, but, but once you're once you're actually into it, the just the seaweeds alone. You know, you've got in excess of 360 different species of seaweed have been recorded here. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, um, and 
Then you've, you've obviously got all the shellfish in there. You can see the beach is absolutely littered with different shells and so on. A huge range of, of, of mollusks and, and shellfish and so on here as well. Um, and then you've got, the, you've got the history of the place as well. You know, the, the tower itself, um, it, you know, is, is of a good age. Um, the slipway that we've just come down is one of many along the, the southeast coast that have built in the 1800s specifically for the extraction of granite from the reefs themselves but also obviously for collecting what is locally known as vrak which is the which is the the seaweeds that you see littered across the beach here and uh, so it's a it's an area absolutely stuffed full of history and wildlife it's it's just a phenomenal place to be in yeah, you can see the area we're coming into now. Obviously, this is this is the first of the gullies. This is Anglais or Englishman's Gully, and uh, there's a joke actually that they say that the reason why it was called um, the Englishman's Gully is that that, that um, the Englishman that lived here would not come further out than this point. All right, so that was a bit of a local joke, you know. Yeah. Um, but of course, we're actually getting onto the area as well, where you've got um, lots of lots of gravels, um, and this area is renowned for the amount of material that moves around um, in the you know in the, in the the tidal flows here. And uh, so, if you look at that mound ahead of us, for example, can you see it's a different colour, mm. very noticeably a different colour. And that's what's been put down probably in the last 48 hours. But you could come here in a couple of days' time and, and that would be gone. Or it could be twice as high. It's just, it's just yeah, huge, I hadn't realised the huge, landscape huge, shifted that oh, quickly. Huge volumes of, of material moved through here. So could you tell us a bit about the history of the tower? Obviously, looking across there, we can see how very close we are to France. If you look at um, really old maps and you look into the archive side of things, there, in the late 1500s, early 1600s, there was actually a gun platform that was built out there. Uh, and then, of course, we had the, uh, the French invade during the Napoleonic Wars. And it was as a result of that invasion and that failure of an invasion that, that this tower was actually built as a defence and a, look, you know, a, a lookout post, because, I mean, it's... You know, it's, uh, it's a couple of miles offshore, so it gives you a good vantage point. And one of the interesting factors with this one is that this was being built at the same time as the round towers, that the coastal defences along the shoreline here. Now, these are all round, and obviously Seymour Tower is square. Mm. And we think that's the reason why, is that the gun platform or the remains of the gun platform that were there um, were used as the foundations for the tower itself. It was completed in 1781 um, and it's pretty much as it was. So there's very little um, maintenance, major maintenance ever been needed on the tower. They, they do the occasional bit of repointing. And it's a, it's a navigation aid as well. So the, the seaward side of the tower is painted white. Um, and it's been re-roofed um, in the last 25 years, apart from that.
That's it. Yeah, so obviously incredibly well built to withstand oh, abso- oh. all those years of. Oh, uh, I mean, you see seas. the weather it gets out there sometimes. Yeah, it's it's you know it's incredibly well built. Um, you know the walls the walls are uh, uh, a meter and a half thick, um, and uh, obviously small windows and so on as well. But it's very very well engineered and very well built. I, I think we've probably lost a lot of the skills that went into building that tower. It's an interesting area here because you've got just to the south of us here, this, this is the last big gully on this, this side of the system and this is called Oregon and it gets its name for, from a shipwreck that occurred at the bottom of the, of the gully itself. When the tide is on the flood, I mean, obviously it's coming pumping up through here, but the tide is also coming around the edge of the reef itself and it's coming in from the east here as well. And so where the two tidal volumes meet, they effectively cancel each other out. And so all all the, the gravels and the shell and everything else that it's carrying gets dropped here, which is why you get these mouths. These gullies are totally unique um, uh, and one of the reasons is that they're effectively they're caused by man and they're caused by man by having walls built across them. Now we're not talking about modern walls. If you look through all the archives and everything else you won't find any evidence at all of them having been built by anybody since the uh, you know, um, the time of William the Conqueror, mm. long before that. Um, we think that the lower walls actually are probably Jersey's older sea walls are between six and f- five and 6,000 years of age. Ah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that has had an impact on well, that, what the environment has done is, yeah, that holds the water back and it creates, effectively, it, it creates huge rock pools. Um, and over the years, I've done quite a lot of... Um, marine biology research down through these and um, you know a typical example of this one here this this gully here we've recorded 19 different species of fish so we're just climbing up the bank here with the refuge on the top it's decorated with quite a few strands of dark seaweed yes and lots lots of crunchy shells (laughs) great place if you're a shell collector you won't get anything better than this And then, of course, you get this great vista of the tower coming up ahead of you yeah, as well. Yeah, fantastic view. Yeah. So this is about halfway, is it? Yeah, this is about halfway point, yeah. Um, this is just over a kilometre offshore. Uh, tower again is, a, is another kilometre. Uh, it's only when you get to the tower itself and you get up onto the, plat- on the, to the gun platform to the southeast that you realise that there's just as much reef beyond that uncovered as we, you will have walked to get to the tower. Um, there's something like four, not far short of four and a half kilometres of beach uncovered during the big spring tides, you know, the low water spring tides and so on. Yeah. So um, for anyone interested in exploring to beyond Seymour Tower, yeah. actually staying overnight in the tower is a, is an option. Of, is a great it's way a, to do that. It so. is a really good option, yeah. Um, there's obviously as well an, a number of organised beach walks as well. 
um, with qualified guides and very knowledgeable guides as well, you know, and, and we can talk to you from anything from low water fishing to um, archaeology and uh, marine biology through to um, ornithology. There's a, a whole range of interests and skills within the guide group itself. So this whole area, Bob, is a Ramsar-designated site. Could you just tell us a bit about that? Yeah, um, Ramsar is actually the name of a city in Iran where, where the uh, World Wetland Agreement was drawn up. And basically the idea behind this is that it's to preserve wetlands like this, uh, but in such a way that they can be used by man commercially as long as that commercial activity does not infringe or destroy what is here. Uh, and basically that's what we're doing now is we're standing in the middle of one of our uh, one of our island's Ramsar sites. We have a number of them, but this is the largest one. Um, and as you can see, it, it includes probably the largest oyster bed franchise in the UK operating within the bay here as well. And there's all sorts of lots of, uh, you know, low water fishing activities and so on that are permitted here and so on. Uh, but they, it is governed. Um, you know, there, there is a, a Ramsar management um, body that continually reviews the activities within the area and to safeguard them uh, and, and to preserve them, you know, in, in a state that anybody and everybody can enjoy. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very well-run um, international um, system and agreement. I've now walked out all the way to Seymour Tower and we've met up with Natalie Mooney, who's one of the Jersey Heritage Tower Guides. Now, Natalie, you have grown up, I spent your whole childhood in this area. Mm -hmm. You live at La Roque, don't yeah, you? Yeah. And you've been involved with Seymour Tower for many years. What do you really love about this area? Uh, I think the, I was going to say the peace and quiet, but there's there's a lot of people. There's a family here today. background yeah, because it's you know it's a lovely day and and that's the thing the weather and even when you get bad weather it's still spectacular and and the peace as well and listening to the tide coming in and it's just just stunning. We're really lucky that we've chosen today for the recording where the sun is out. Yeah. It's really calm. It's, it's absolutely beautiful, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. The um, even when it's really windy, as I said before. You, you know, you can hunker down and you can inside the tower or you can just sit outside and watch the, you know, nature at, at its best. And um, quite often you can see, well, I've seen geese coming up the gutters when the tide's coming in. And even when it's really choppy, they'll still, like, they'll come up the gutter, like swimming and having a great time. And then they just fly back down and then they'll go and do it again. And it's just watching the sea life and the birds and, you know, the gannets diving, that kind of thing. It's just, I can't, I just can't describe how awesome it is, mm. really. Because sometimes you get a, um, a seal out here as well, don't you? Yeah, we've seen um, seal, we've seen dolphins, um, a couple of different types of um, birds. We've seen a gold crest out here. And quite often you'll wake up in the morning and there'll be a cormorant sitting on the, on the parapet or sitting around the side of the tower here. Depends how windy it is, which side they're sitting. But um, the only thing I haven't seen, considering there's a lot of cobwebs, is spiders. I've never seen a spider out here. Oh, well, I'm sure Thanks. that people who are thinking of coming out to stay in the tower will be delighted to know <laughs> yeah, that it's not yeah. full of spiders. So should we go inside and actually sure, look, yeah. in, look inside the tower and um, get a sense of what it's like to stay out here? Yeah, OK. So Natalie's climbing up the, um, the metal staircase to the front door. Welcome inside Seymour Tower. So we'll put the kettle on, shall we? 
Sounds like have a, a good quick idea. Have while we're here. Um, so there's no, there's, there's running water, but it comes from a rain tank on the roof, so you can't drink it, but you can boil it for like washing dishes and stuff. And of course there's no drainage, so everything goes into the bucket. Uh, so you some... carry drinking water out with you, yeah, do you? Yeah, you need to carry at least, probably a litre and a half, two litres. So. Yeah, so you, you have to be quite self-sufficient and bring everything yeah. with you. Everything else you have to carry, your food. Um, I normally bring a little bit of kindling wood to light the fire. And there's nothing better than waking up to warm croissants, heating croissants in the morning. Yeah. It's quite civilised, there's a proper gas cooker yeah, so we've, Yeah, we've got gas. Um, we've got an electric fridge, so there's um, solar panels on the roof that come down to a battery pack. Um, so we've got electric for the fridge. Um, electric lighting, so if I turn it on, you've got lights so you can play cards, you can, you know, sit and have your dinner, but we often light candles across the top there, yeah. and, and with the fire going, once you get the fire lit. Yes, yeah, so there's a wood-burning stove as well, so I imagine yeah. that makes it quite cosy. Yeah, yeah, and then if you're sleeping downstairs, so the guide sleeps downstairs with the two bunks here, um, and if you wake up in the night, just throw an extra log on, so it's nice and toasty when you wake up in the morning. But um, and it's even quite warm upstairs, but the bunks are upstairs. It's not, not cold at all. So the main sleeping area is upstairs, is it? Yeah, on the next floor there's um, a toilet and the access onto the roof. And see standing on the roof in the summer on a clear sky, or even in autumn, winter, just the stars. Yeah, imagine the view from there, it's yeah. really spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. While the kettle's boiling, should we go up and have a look at the view from the top? Yep, sure. And I imagine in summer it gets really busy. You have a lot of groups out here in winter, probably less so? I think less in the winter. A lot of the local people will come out um, just to do fishing on a big tide and just stay over. But you're always warm. It's always like you've always got the fire. You bring your sleeping bags, bring a nice warm dinner. Yeah, and if you've got you know, else. your thermals and enough layers, I'm sure yeah. it's... There's yeah, no such thing as bad weather, it's just bad clothes. Um, so we're here on the second floor of the tower. Um, this is the main sleeping area. So we've got three sets of bunk beds. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's really quite light. Um, there's lighting up here as well. Each bed's got its own little lamp, so you can read. You oh, can that's do nice, you like little it. reading yeah. light. So you can um, the only thing you can't do, because it's all the floors are wood, is have candles up here. So you'll only have candles on the first floor. Um, <clears throat> but when you wake up in the morning and you look out to the east through these windows here, and you see the sun rising, there's, there's nothing better than waking up to that and the birds and the tide coming in. That's comfortable, and if you're so long as you don't mind being in bunk beds and bunking with friends, I mean, that's the thing. I've come out with um, groups, and you hear like even adults giggling into the night because they're you know they're having such a good time, or they they do the whole Waltons good night, John Boy, good night, <laughs> you know, one, one of them. It's really, really, really great, yeah. So you're having a real adventure, yeah, together, aren't yeah. You? yeah. It is like Enid Blyton, you know, five go to Seymour Tower or six go to Seymour Tower. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see it'd be really good fun. Should we climb up the ladder to the final floor? Oh, I just have to open the door because so there's a hatch here that has to be closed. So this is the door you're opening now to the roof space. Right, well, gosh, you can Whoa. really feel the wind tugging the door, <laughs> can't you? <Yeah. laughs> Wow, what a view though. That it's is oh, yeah. absolutely lovely. Yeah, so we've probably got another hour towards low tide, maybe a bit more. Um, but it's just, you can see how far you can walk when you come out here. You can go fishing, you can just go exploring. 
Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely amazing view. I mean, we can see, obviously, Gory Castle, St Catherine's Breakwater, the French coast. Yeah, you can just see the Echoes. Very, very faintly. Yeah, it's not a particularly clear day today. So no, it's nice no. and sunny, but not that clear. And quite often you can see the minkies down here. And on a very clear day, um, there's always binoculars that we keep downstairs, um, hanging off the mantelpiece. And you can see the, the spires of um, Coutance Cathedral. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It is amazing. It's just incredible. And then, of course, a busy day in the summer, there's just the boats, there's kayakers come past. It's just incredible yeah. it really is and can you are there safe places to swim while you're out here yeah so the, the safe when the tide comes in it comes in really fast over the um there's like a little pool area almost like a little bridge um and the tide rushes in there and it's 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 like a waterfall you can't you can't describe it and i always say to people to my, my group my guests just come and watch and you can hear it and you it's just everybody just stops and unbelievable how fast it comes in and then once that pool, um, it fills, you can swim in there. And you've, you've got that for probably about half an hour or so. And that, but then because the tide, the flow of the tide is so dangerous, you, you, you can't swim once, it, once the tide reaches the, the top of the sandbank in front of the tower. It's just, mm. you, you'd end up in France. Yeah, so that's why you need that local knowledge of a guide to know where, yeah, Definitely. where yeah. it's safe. Yeah. Yeah. Swim. It's just a different, every time you come out here it's a different experience mm -hmm. because sometimes you'll come out and it will be windy and it will be like noisy when the tide's coming in, if, the, if there's a big swell or you hear the waves crashing up against the, the walls and then other times you'll come and it's, it's just, you wake up in the morning and there'll be, it's just serene, it's just like a mirror around you, it's just incredible, it's just, you can't, really can't put into words how wonderful it is. We hope you've enjoyed this Jersey Heritage podcast. Further podcasts can be downloaded from the Jersey Heritage website or your usual podcast provider.